everyone, it's Gloria. Welcome to episode two of Independent. Today, through an interview with a friend, I will be introducing some of the topics that I'll be covering more in depth over the course of this season and hopefully take a small step towards normalizing casual conversations about money. It doesn't necessarily need to be tell me what you make right off the bat, but it could be something more along the lines of what are you investing in? Are you even investing? How are you planning for the future? What are your financial goals? What's the interest rate on your savings account right now? That one really fired me up. A lot of us seem to live in a bubble where we learn what to do with our money from our parents or listen to our financial advisor at the bank. These may be good sources of information, but they shouldn't be the only sources. Our parents are of a different generation and had different difficulties, but also different advantages. Our financial advisor at the bank may not tell you the whole story because, after all, they're selling the bank's products. By bringing conversations about money to the table with your friends in casual conversation, we can probably learn a thing or two from each other. My guest today definitely acknowledges his privilege in many ways, because he doesn't have to worry about his money. But he does want to take control of his finances, beginning by understanding what's happening under the hood. We'll be talking about his relationship with money, his opinion on budgeting, everyday banking, TFSAs, RRSPs, and having an emergency fund. Hope you enjoy. Today, I'm joined by a friend who wishes to stay anonymous, so let's call him Nick. We're going to be talking about his finances and try to fill in some knowledge gaps. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Nicholas, obviously. My, I am 25 years old, and I work as a consultant in the financial accounting industry. I went to the University of Western Ontario. I studied computer science and business there. And despite studying business, I don't really have a solid understanding of personal finance. So I'm hoping you can help me out with that. True. So like, even though you studied business, did they like not really teach you about how to deal with your own money in university? That's correct. Yeah. They don't, they don't teach us any direct skills yeah. that are personal finance related, at least not in, the cor- not in the mandatory courses. There may have been some courses that were directed to educating their students on that topic. But in all of the mandatory courses in business school, they did not touch over any of those areas. I definitely had the same experience in studying accounting. Like you'd think that they'd teach you something about that, right? But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, we're just off funding for ourselves, paying off our student (laughs) debt. Right. Don't even know how to do your own taxes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So my first question for you is, in general, what is your relationship with money? Do you feel stressed about it? Do you feel meh about it? That's a good question. I think in general, I'm pretty indifferent when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. I make enough such that I can feel that way, uh, obviously. Yeah. I, I know that's somewhat of like a luxury, definitely a first world problem. Yeah. Where I, I don't really have an issue with money. I don't, I don't 
seek to make more. I don't really, I'm not stressed with any expenses mm-hmm. on even a monthly or yearly basis. Yeah. Uh, I think that's primarily because my expenses are very low at the moment. I don't really spend too much. I don't, outside of maybe going out with friends for dinner. Mm-hmm. That's like the most common expense, I would say, uh, yeah. on my budget, if I had one. Uh, yeah. I, live, I, I, live, I live with my parents, so I don't really have to care. I don't have to worry about paying rent. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the primary reason why I don't really have a budget, is if I did have to move out, money would all of a sudden be more of a concern. Because yeah. rent is not very cheap. So yeah. I would actually have to pay attention to my finances for, for once. But now I just know that revenues by far outweigh my expenses. <laughs> uh, just to sum up the question as a whole, my relationship with money is I'm kind of indifferent uh, when it comes to that. So do you have any debt? Uh, no, I don't. Wow, that's pretty blessed. So basically everything that you take home in your salary, that's basically money that you keep. There's nothing that. And so you mentioned you don't have a budget. And the reason being is because you don't have a lot of expenses. It's just not something that I see as valuable at the moment. I, I The most budget-like thing I have right now is mint. Well, uh, that's that's like definitely like a budget thing. It tracks every... It, it tracks my spending, but I'm not going to be like... Oh, I only allocated two hundred dollars for gas this month, and I'm almost there, so I'm not going to go out because I need yeah. to stay on budget. It's like, no, I I go over my gas budget like every month. <laughs> so does that mean that you should maybe increase it or re reevaluate why? I try to just have the budget to keep track of spending. When I think of budget, it implies that you should cater your actions towards it in some degree as like hey i've been eating out too much this month i should kind of cut back to save some money like i don't modify any of my actions to to meet my financial budget at all so that's why i say i have one but i don't really okay adhere to it none of my actions are altered just by having that budget there so it's more of a tracker more than anything Yeah. And I think that tracking is definitely the first step to building a financial goal for yourself, right? Because at least you have that knowledge of where your money is going to. And from my understanding, like with Mint, it tracks like all of your spending, like on all your credit cards and stuff and debit cards. And then you can see like the buckets, the categories. Yep. It, It automatically classifies each transaction. It puts it in a bucket based on the merchant. So if you shop at Loblaws, for example, they'll put it as groceries. And is it like fairly accurate? Oh, it's really, really accurate. I would say like 90%. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. no, that's it's quite really useful. Good. It's a really good starting point for anyone that has no idea what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That's a good tip. For me, I use, I mostly use Tangerine for my banking and mm-hmm. I use like a Tangerine credit card as well. So with my tracking account and also my credit card, it also breaks down all my spending. So then I can see. And then also at the top, you can choose your monthly spending and then it deducts your um, fixed expenses. 
expenses and then your left to spend amount. And Mm -hmm. then it tracks basically all of your spending. And then it shows if you're like over or under your goal. Do you know what your net worth is? No, I don't. Is that something that I should yeah, I I think that it's important to keep track of this because it's kind of just like a financial snapshot at a certain point in time. Um, so you can kind of look at it and say, wow, like I'm doing really good. Like I didn't realize that, you know, my investments had grown by X amount or, oh, like look at this. I paid off my debt. I think it's a good it's a good way to keep yourself accountable to your financial goals as well. See where you're spending. But yeah, it's just like an overall picture. It's pretty easy to calculate. Like it's basically just everything you own minus everything you owe. So if you don't owe anything, then it's just everything you own and you just add it all up. It's a pretty simple way to assess your financial health. So and how does that affect financial decisions? You can look at it and see like how much money you have. So for example, if you're saving up for a down payment on a home or something like that, you Mm -hmm. can look at that and be like, do I have enough? Do I have enough for this down payment? What do I need to change? Or like, what do I need to keep on doing to save up for this amount? I think it's just kind of nice to look at a spreadsheet once in a while and be like, wow, like I have this much money. Feels good. (laughs) yeah maybe not that reason but i can see the other reasons being good reasons to to keep track so is that also something i think i think it tells me essentially what my net worth is in mint does that also happen with tangerine on your end well it shows me everything that I have in my tangerine accounts, but it won't show me what I have in my outside accounts. Like, well, simple, it's not linked. Oh, I see. see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Mint has everything, like all of the investment accounts too? Yeah, it links to everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess you do know your net worth. Uh, I do, I suppose. I haven't logged in in like five months. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, well, knowledge is power. (laughs) Do you have any financial goals? That's a good question. Oh, I have one financial goal, but it's kind of like not really a goal. It's just to make a certain amount by the age of 25. Mm -hmm. But that's not really like, oh, I want to buy a house when I'm 30. It's It's not a real financial goal. It's just like a goal relating to success, basically. Yeah, but I think that I like having that X amount by the time you're a certain age is kind of an indication of your financial health as well. Like, yeah. Have you met that goal? How <laughs> no. much longer are you 25? I'm... How many months? <laughs> <laughs> Things are looking dark. It's like two and a half more months. Okay. Yeah, so I need to find a job quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe maybe you can pick up some different streams of income, like <laughs> side hustles or something. You know? No, 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 I don't. I don't count that. It needs to be my my main thing, not a side thing. You know. But side things are money too. Right, but my goal was for my main thing to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair I agree, enough. I agree with you that side things are money, but the goal was meant. At least in my mind, for uh, for it to be a main thing. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. 
So speaking of side incomes, do you have any investments? I do. Yes. So, so I have TFSA, RSP, and some sort of investment account that I don't really pay attention to. What does that mean? It means someone helps me manage my money at RBC. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is that something that you went into the bank and was like, hello, please help me manage my money or? Yes. But instead of me doing it, it was my mom. Okay. Yeah. yeah so do you put money in that like every month or something? I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you know how much the fees are that they're charging you? That's a great question. I do not know. Yeah. I think you should find that out because I know that a lot of mutual funds, which I'm assuming that's what they're investing it in because mm -hmm. that's kind of what a lot of those big bank advisors invest your money in, have super high fees. What's, what's a high fee? Mutual funds can charge between 2 to 3%. So if That's you think about high. that, yeah, like if you literally think about that over the course of like assuming you're saving this for money for retirement over the course of 40 years compounded, that's a lot of money that you're leaving on the table or like you're paying to the bank. You're paying to the man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something you can maybe look into moving out into i don't know do you have you maxed out your rsp and tfsas yeah okay so you can look into opening like a registered account on some robo advisor that will buy etfs and those will have much lower fees i see in your tfsa and rsp what do you invest in i don't know what do you mean you don't know what do you what do you mean what do i mean <laughs> So, okay, let's start with your TFSA. What comprises that account? I don't really manage that. I don't, I, I don't really do anything. Okay, so I think homework for you is to look into that, find out what the fees are, find out what they're investing in, because I know that at least once a year, they're going to send you a report on how, how it's doing, right? Yes. And in those reports, like it shows you the breakdown of what they're invested in. And also the fees. I do have that report somewhere. I just don't have it handy. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Well, that'll be homework. We'll check up on you. What about, okay, what about your bank accounts? Who do you bank with? Mm -hmm. Are you, do you RBC. have like a high interest savings account? Do you know what the interest rate is on your, on your savings? No. Okay. So Probably I think. Probably zero. <laughs> yeah, like 0.02% or something like that. Like how That's much interest? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, how much interest do you get per month? Is it like pennies or dollars? <laughs> uh, I don't think I get interest. What? I mean, okay. I'm just looking at the... Your monthly the statement. statement? Yeah, I don't think I get interest. What the heck? <laughs> okay, so that's problematic. Why do you keep money in your savings account? Like just for regular spending or like what? Yeah, it's just for regular spending. Okay. It's because you... it's the money that comes from my employment. Yeah. <laughs> and then I eventually transfer it to the investment account. Yeah. 
But do you so like do you transfer it once a month or like? Uh, how I have that? something. I have it automated to transfer like a set amount every month. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's really yeah. good because then you just set it and forget it, and like your money's growing, and you don't have to deal with doing the transfers. So no, that's really good. So do you have like an emergency fund that you have money like specifically set aside that you know it's no, like I, I'm not going to spend this? No, I don't. I don't. I think it's a good idea to have an emergency fund and typically it's three to six months of your expenses that you should be saving and putting away, ideally in a high interest savings account so that your money does grow. Um, does that imply that I can't withdraw? You shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, if you say high interest savings account, that implies the existence of a low interest savings account. So why would anyone use a low interest savings account when high interest savings accounts exist? A lot of the big banks that the majority of Canadians bank with offer savings accounts, but the interest rate is super low. And I think it's only like certain banks that have high interest accounts. And so for example, like I bank with Tangerine and Right now, Tangerine has a promotional interest rate of 2.5% for the first five months, and then after it goes down to 0.25, and that's considered high interest, 2%, like that's great. I looked into RBC's high interest savings account, and it's actually 2.5% for the first 90 days only, and after that, it drops to 0.05%. So I think it's definitely an option to look into smaller banks or online only banks because they'll definitely be able to give you a better rate. Is it because my account that I keep all my money in is a checkings account? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> what what's the purpose of a checking account? Is that to it's write just... checks? <laughs> it's just like for your daily transactions, like you're spending money. Well I have way too much money in there. Way too much. Okay, so homework item number two, I would say definitely open up a high interest savings account. And okay. I think the competitive rate right now is around 2%. I know for a fact that EQ Bank has an interest rate of 1.7% on all of their accounts. And it's not a promotional rate. That's just how much the rate is. And I think it's still one of the best rates that are available right now. Have you heard of it? So it's an online bank and basically you can only do like e-transfers, but e-transfers are free. You can set up automatic bill payments. You can do basically everything except for withdraw cash from an ATM. So I think it's a perfect candidate for an emergency fund, right? Because this is money that you have set aside. God forbid anything bad happens. And who knows? I mean, like right now, like who knows what's going to happen? It's a good idea to kind of just have that money set aside. And then you know that it's there and you know that it's growing at a modest rate. Also, are you paying any bank fees? I think I am, yeah. Really? Like how much per month? $15. Oh my gosh, $15. Yo, like, <laughs> and they're not giving you interest. I think it might be time for you to break up with your bank. There are so many banks that can give you a higher interest rate and also not charge monthly fees. 
If you're really tied to ha- keeping your bank with RBC, I think that you should look into like if they have accounts where you have like a minimum balance and then they waive the monthly fee, they probably do. So I think that that's something you should definitely look into because those fees add up, like especially over years. Oh my gosh. Like you can buy 14 iced coffees from McDonald's. <laughs> Almost. Thank you for putting that in perspective for me. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> so we talked about emergency fund. Good. We talked about bank account, high interest savings. Look into it. TFSAs and RSPs. You're maxing those out. That's awesome. Your other investment account and also the investments that are in your RSP and TFSA, definitely look into the fees and how much you're paying. You might want to make a change in that if it's a 2% fee per year. But yeah, I think it's definitely important to find the right balance between living your best life and also investing for the future. And like I said, all those monthly fees, the interest amounts that you might be missing out on like those things will add up over time so it's definitely important to pay a little bit more attention to those things and see where you can maximize and make your money work for you Mm -hmm. i think the takeaway for me was i need to investigate the fees that i'm paying as well as investigate opening up a high interest savings account yeah and potentially getting rid of that monthly fee that I'm being charged for my checking account, which mm-hmm. makes no sense for me. Yep. Yep. Why am I being charged a fee? I don't understand. Yeah, me neither. It's definitely time to stop paying the bank and start paying yourself. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope you learned something. I think I learned something, and we'll check back in with you in, let's say, a month's time and see how you're doing with those bank fees. All right, all right. I got some homework on my plate. Thank you for having me, Gloria. As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.